podcast is intended for adult audiences only and contains explicit content not for anybody under the age of 18. And it does not replace professional advice. Welcome to the Pineapple Express podcast. And I'm your host, Kylie, a.k.a. Sexy Swinger Chick. And I'm Brad, a.k.a. Brad the Space Cadet. Journey with us as we navigate in ethical non-monogamy, sex positivity, sex work, and relationship advice as millennial swingers. Explore with us as we share some of our upside-down pineapple ventures with you. All aboard the Pineapple Express. If you're listening to this... I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, Thank you guys for always being supportive of me, and I'm so grateful for all of my amazing listeners. So today I have an amazing podcast with, so listen, this woman is my idol. I just, I love her so much. She's literally living the life that I wish I could live. She like travels and like she's so beautiful and just amazing and she is somebody that I aspire to be. I mean, I know that like a lot of people, you know, when they get sober and they get in the program and in in the program it teaches you like, you know, look for people that you aspire to be and like she is one of those people that I've just always look up to. She, um, we've, paralleled a little bit here and there in the uh, swinger content creation space because she used to be um, she used to run SDC's social medias Uh, her name is Julieta and she is a BDSM coach kink coach and intimacy and sex coach so she's just so amazing and one of the you know, wonderful things about this community is I have the, I guess you could say, privilege of getting to know all these amazing people. And I'm just so blessed that we got to have this conversation. So I knew that I wanted to chat with her, but I didn't know what I wanted to chat about, right? I'm like, should we talk about kink? Should we talk about Shabari? Should we talk about just like relationship structures? And I was like, no, dude, we need to talk about cuck cleaning because I'm a cuck queen. And we talk a lot about this in the podcast. Like I'm a cuck queen. And, you know, I feel like it's one of those things that people either know about it. And it's it's a very nuanced thing, even within the kink and swinger spaces. So I really wanted to have this conversation and I'm so excited to talk with her about it. You guys are going to love it. It's a great podcast and I'm really proud of it. So I hope you guys get something out of it and I hope you enjoy it. And again, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I love you all. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time with your family and friends, with your partners, with your swinging friends and enjoying your holiday parties with all of them. And I just I love you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your 2023 and I'll see you in 2024. If you're like us, you want a naughty lifestyle without risk. You want to have sex with other couples, some of whom you barely know, and walk away scotch-free. No STDs or other complications. You want to have your cake and eat it too. We want that for you too. Shameless Care offers lifestyle-specific at-home STD testing and prescription ED medications, and we should be your lifestyle medical provider. Use coupon code CHIC, that's C-H-I-C, at checkout. All right, my Pineapple Expressers. So I have Julieta here, and she is a sex and BDSM licensed coach, um, as well as a Shibari instructor and um, certified deviant guide, um, and just all around like social media presence when it comes to intimacy, relationships, um, all the things that I love. <laughs> so, Juliana, welcome to the Pineapple Express. And I want you to introduce yourself in a way that like you see fit and how you feel like or what you feel like you bring to all the alternative sex communities. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And obviously this is an honor because I think we've like did like digital parallel play through TikTok with with me. Um, I used to be SDC's social media manager. And so I used to be heavily involved in the space and see you and everybody else uh, who just dominate swing talk so that it's so much fun to finally meet you and to be here. 
And adjacent to that, I am a sex and kink coach. So aside from being in the non-monogamous community, I like to think of myself as the bridge for vanilla people to finding the the kinkier, sluttier, more playful side of things. (laughs) Alongside with a lot of bondage. I have a very like specific love for bondage, a big one. Yeah. And if if you follow um, Julietta, which we'll post um, all of her social medias on there or on my in the show notes. Um, but yeah, if you follow her on social media, you will see that like Shabari is just like your thing, which I was like, I'm definitely interested in Shabari. I've been tied up before and I loved it. But I wanted to talk about something a little bit off. Um, I guess you could say it's a, ta- a very taboo topic. Um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because I myself am one of these people and, you know, with your, I feel like with your knowledge of kink and with your knowledge of non-monogamy that we could have had a really good conversation about it. So, uh, today we're going to talk about cuck queening and not a lot of people talk, we talk about cuck holding a lot, right? When in these spaces, you know, people talk about cuck or cuck holding, which is usually like the man. Um, and we talk about hot wifing a lot, but we don't really bring up the topic of cuckolding with women. Um, and it's not because they're not out there. Um, it's because, you know, it's just, I feel like a taboo topic. So what, what do you like define cuckweening as, um, as like specifically like in the swinger and non-monogamous spaces? Well, to define it, that that's where I think sometimes our communities tend to do this kink a bit of a disservice because it's not really, it shouldn't be a gendered thing to begin with, which is why I love teaching about kink because I'm like, it doesn't, whether you, whatever you identify as doesn't really matter. It's the same thing. So cucking in general would be, you know, incorporating a power dynamic of one partner having sexual encounters with other people and then using that as a tool to enforce whether that be like degradation, humiliation, taboo, you know, because we're in our society, we're like, you should never see your partner with someone else. And this is like being with someone else and purposely rubbing it in their face and your partner getting a nice kinky turnoff from it. And so that's what separates it from, I think, more of like the hot wifing, hot husbandry, where it's more of like a empowerment, like, let me set this up for you. This is where we take that that tabooness and it's like yeah fuck someone else in front of me make me feel small degrade me a little bit make me feel inferior <laughs> yeah and um just like you said you know i feel like and i always say this disclaimer whenever we're defining something in the swinger kink or non-monogamous space everybody is going to have a different definition for these different types of play right what me and julietta think cuck queening and cuck holding is another person might think something else so always ask the person the people that you're playing with what does that mean to you how do you define that um because that's gonna really help with that communication because again um i feel like a lot of these terms are regional or even like based on communities like smaller communities so i just wanted to add that disclaimer but that was exactly the definition that I found as well. Um, I did a lot of research on like kind of, I guess how Google saw cut cleaning. And one of the things that makes it a little bit different and from my experience as well, than like cut holding and cut cleaning is that the female, especially if she's a bisexual female, um, gets, I guess you could say like pleasure from the other female. And when I say that, I mean, like, I get pleasure from seeing my partner, like, with another woman, and the other woman sometimes can join in and start degrading me. And because I'm bisexual, like, that feels very sexy to me, and, like, I I get pleasure from that. But it's very rare that that ever happens. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely... I've seen that perspective, but I haven't talked to anyone that personally has that experience, which it's interesting because you're like getting like the double wham. You're getting not only your husband's, but then you're getting her side too. And you're like, yes, 
give me all of it. That's why I love it so much. Like it's, and it's, and like I said, it's very, it's so rare to even find couples who are Mm -hmm. like, okay with us even doing it, which we're totally going to get into all of those stigmas and all those things. But like, it's, it's such a, when it does happen, it's amazing. And I love it and a lot of pleasure. Um, But I did want to ask, what do you think some of like the psychology, and I'm sure that you have done a lot of research on the psychology of kink, obviously, like to be a BDSM and kink coach, you you know, because there's a lot of psychology behind it. Um, What do you think the psychological roots and motivations behind being a cuck hold or a cuck queen would be? I think it's an equal part surrender, believe it or not. I think there's a lot of surrender in it. And then just, I think this is the part where people overcomplicate kink is that taboo is exciting and there doesn't need to be a deeper definition other than like something's taboo and it turns you on and you get to enjoy it. But part of that turn on is surrendering to that process and surrendering to maybe the part of you that says, maybe that's wrong, or maybe I shouldn't like this, but guess what? Your body's telling you it likes it. So (laughs) surrendering to that cucking process and being like, maybe it is a bit hot to play on these edges. Maybe it is hot to see my partner with someone else. Maybe it is hot to play on this fact of like, of this very secure container of consent and boundaries and expectations of playing into like, oh, maybe I'm not everything my partner needs. So they're getting it from someone else and I get to just see it. Yeah. Right. And that's the edge that I like. And I think in our day-to-day life, girl, we just want edges. We want excitement. And I don't think it needs to be much deeper than that. But again, like what you just said, it can mean different things for different people. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's empowering for some people. Maybe it's the empowerment and plus like stress relief of not having to like be everything for your partner can be another angle. So I'm curious what your firsthand angle is with cut queening. So when we first started swinging and I saw my partner with a woman for the first time, I was like hooked. Right. And that was absolutely like, I just thought it was the hottest thing ever. And I thought it was me watching him. Like I didn't even care about the other guy. No offense to the other guy. If you're listening to this, the first swinging experience I had, I loved you. You were great. But like, I was definitely more into watching him. But at first I thought that this was like weird that you weren't allowed to be like that. Right. Like this was very taboo. And I talked to him about it, but I didn't really talk to the community about it. And then I started realizing that like, there's a lot of women out there like me who like to like almost like that stag vixen, but switched, right? Like the gender roles are switched. Um, And then we started playing around more with that. And then we started playing around more with like the, the degradation kink. And then we um, had to be in a video once um, and we were making like an OnlyFans content and the um, wife from there was like, hey, I would really like to do a cuck queening video where both of us are cuck queens and your husband like cucks us. And so I went to my husband and I was like, hey, man, how do you feel about this? He's like, I don't know. That's like really a lot. That's going to take a lot of acting and role playing, which we also knew that we liked. So he was like, but I'll do it. And he did it. And he loved it. He stepped into this like powerful, I call it his Damien zone. I call him Damien blue. Like that's his, (laughs) that's his like alter ego. (laughs) But I, he stepped into this zone of just like, um, that dominating factor. And he, I think it empowered him in a way. Um, and for me, I think watching him, the psychological where, where it comes from for me is like, We've all been cheated on in past relationships, right? Like we've all dealt with that. And that can be a trauma depending on like where you are and where you are emotionally and stuff. And it can be a trauma. So I feel like I feel in control when I'm watching my partner with somebody else and that empowers me. And then on top of that, when he's cucking me, I feel really in control, which sounds crazy because I'm in a very like subspace, but I'm actually the one in control and it makes, it empowers me. So that's, that's my take on it. I think. You're like the, the podcast episode title. It's like healing with cucking. What you <laughs> never knew was possible for you. 
<laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, it's, you know, and when it comes to kink, I feel like in general, I think you're absolutely right. I think the taboo aspect can also be super healing. Like just knowing that it's okay to be taboo and it's okay to be weird and it's okay to like have these weird things and feel these weird feelings, but they're not weird. They're normal to you, but it's the taboo aspect too. I think with us, like, and that's what I'm, I'm saying, even in our spaces, our, um, swinger spaces, which are very kink friendly, very cuckold friendly. Uh, we have a lot of trouble finding other couples who are okay with this specific kink. And I don't know if it's because, um, I don't know if it's because like the women feel weird because my husband will say things like, oh, her pussy's so much better than yours. I love her pussy. It's so great. Like, um, oh, her pussy feels so good. She's so much better than you. And I love it. Right. Like I'm, I go crazy for this. Right. Yeah. But I think the women that he's with feel weird about it because they feel like they, they're like, oh my God, he's saying this to his wife. He's like <laughs> spitting on his wife because of me. <laughs> Oh my God. And I love it, you know? So it's so rare that we find couples who are like cool with it. And I think that comes from them feeling weird about it. Cause it's not a normal, it's very, very taboo. And it's, and it's very specific. And I do, the one thing I find ironic is that you have trouble with it, considering it sounds like you and your partner are so clear in how it works for you and like what you expect in those situations. Like I would see myself be uncomfortable if I was with a couple who wanted to do it and they weren't like super clear on what they meant by it. But you two go in and you're like, we have a plan. We know this is what's going to be said. This is what's going to be done. It's totally good. Um, Now we do. We fucked up before. Okay. We all do that. None of us (laughs) learned our lesson. Um, We were (laughs) in a play situation once. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was my, my husband was in his zone. He was giving it really good to this girl. And and I was with this guy. And of course we know that it happens in the lifestyle that sometimes, you know, think things happen. And, um, so I got excited and I was like, oh, this is exciting. Brad can kink or can cuck me. Um, and the husband took it as because we didn't talk to them until like I thought that they knew that I was a cuck queen. Okay. I I just, you know, I had this preconceived notion that like, oh, maybe they like follow me on TikTok, you know, so now they know like but I, I can't always expect that from people, you know, so yeah. um, I had this. Yeah. And they, they got really upset about it. And because he felt like I was saying that I was like cucking. The, the other husband right oh kink confusion yeah. oh no and he felt degraded because I said I'm so excited my husband's gonna cuck me but I like and because Brad was so in his zone he he thought Brad was cucking him you know and like oh. we were cu- cu- cucking the couple so like it was very confusing and a lot of communication so now every time we go into it we're like listen <laughs> this is how it is <laughs> this is what we do this is what we say and a lot of times the wives say they're not comfortable with that yeah they're like i don't want to be a part of that and so that's where it becomes like we talked about before we started recording is that interesting double standard when it comes to cucking and and frankly I even see that in just like hot wifing hot husbandry there's a bit of that but more so with with the cucking area because yeah I'm sure I'm sure you announcing that you're a cuck queen is probably such a point of interest for so many people yeah absolutely they're like what does that mean you know because we don't see it a lot and I also think that a lot of women because societally you know it's like cuck holding is so normalized women almost don't in it and it goes kind of along the lines of like bisexual men you know they don't feel like they can be open about that side of them because of the stigma associated with it even within our own communities 
Oh yeah. That, <laughs> I, I don't, maybe you'll agree with this. Maybe you won't, but I find that the largest group of people that either critique me or critique the community, it's not the outside vanilla people. It's people within your own community that are sometimes like the motherfucking worst. Yeah. Where you're like, we're supposed to, it's, you're like, we're in a marginalized group already as it is, and we're going to judge each other. This is crazy. Absolutely. 100%. I totally agree with that, especially being somebody who's on the fringe and then going back to like the hot um, husbanding stuff too. And I do have friends who are also enjoy both of these experiences. So it feels really nice to know that my friends like get it and support it. Like I I have a friend, a very close friend who my partner cooked both of us and her partner watched him cook both of us and her partner got pleasure from him cocking us. So it was like just this circle of pleasure. (laughs) It's like circle of like inception style cucking. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like we're all deriving, we're all deriving pleasure from my partner, but like for them, it wasn't in like a sexual way. It was sexual with his wife and with me, but, but the two of them, it wasn't, which I feel like with men, and cut colds and all that. I feel like that's common. It's not, it could be, obviously it could be, but with the women, and that's what I was saying earlier, like with the women, we derive pleasure from each other, especially if you are bisexual. Um, and that's a big part of it for me. And I, I just, I wish that like more women knew that this was an option or, or could try it or, you know, see if they like it and if they don't like it then be like all right I did not you know it's the same thing with like shibari and being tied up right like some people really love it and some people just are like no that is not for me yeah you don't know what you don't know and I like what you said earlier that stuck with me was a very similar experience that I think any of us going into the non-monogamous world have which is I think everyone has shared this that the first time you see your partner with someone else you think it's going to destroy you. And in fact, it turns you on so much that you're like, okay, there's no going back. And so you already have that experience where you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes me question everything I know. And now I really like this. I'm going to explore it. That's something to be said that, you know, maybe, maybe cucking might be your move. Um, I think what I've found in my, in my work with women who want to be cucked it's all, it's like the weirdest psychology behind it where it's like you're now experiencing shame because now for the empowered woman it's like oh your partner you're not supposed to get cheated on your partner's not supposed to degrade you your partner's not supposed to make you feel less than your partner's not supposed to give another woman more intention than you and so then it's like decoding the recoding you did to be empowered and then like a lot of women always ask me like, am I going backwards? I'm like, no, it's consensual and you're choosing it. It's still very empowering. You're not going backwards, but yeah, it's, it's a challenging move for someone that's like, wait, hold up, hold up. I thought we weren't supposed to like this. It's like, well, your body's telling you different. You're turned on. That's the best way to describe it. And I feel like with women that totally tracks like that, um, the, and like I was saying before too, about being cheated on, it's, it's all, it's almost like it can, it's a control thing. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, I think that's totally it. It's just like decoding, de- decoding those like societal, um, norms. And that's what makes it so taboo. Right. Um, and I think that that's like the power dynamic as well. Like, so yeah, I think that's, that's a really, really good way to explain it. Um, and back to like the communication and consent factor, because I know that you talked a little bit about that. How does communication and consent play such a crucial role in navigating the aspects of cut holding and cut queening? Because like I said earlier, we did not communicate properly with the couple. And, you know, they it, it turned out really not good. Like it was very, very tumultuous for them. And um they yeah they got had a big fight um and it was just we felt so bad 
so like what why do you feel like it that's so crucial in in this role be you know you 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 tell me <laughs> it's the make or break I think I think with kink or in elements of non-monogamy the only element you have between something being being amazing or bad something being productive sexy or traumatic is communication you're like have you talked it through have you talked what it entails have you have you chatted about it's like what what is the meanings behind it or what i like to say especially with these more taboo topics when you're explaining it to someone that you want to do it with who doesn't understand it it's better to explain like how it makes you feel you like you're like it turns me on it makes me feel empowered it lets me play with taboos it might be healing so your ability to just clarify what that experience is for you is the make or break between having like a really fucked up experience like the one that you had where you're like you're like damn we accidentally flowed into that and now this couple's about to kill each other on a balcony and <laughs> literally <laughs> or, literally or having like this like really hot experience where everybody's just like juicing up from it right mm-hmm. and I think those communicate, it doesn't matter what type of communication style you have. It just, it needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same way you communicate about making a decision that what restaurant you want to go to at night and why you're probably going to need to use that in sex and cucking and non-monogamy. So if communication is just not good in general, then maybe going into this area of kink wouldn't be like the smartest choice. <laughs> right. Until, until you figure out and also i think consent plays a big role too because some people just don't want to be involved with that sort of role playing right and that's okay like that doesn't mean that like there's something wrong with them or that they're like you know cuckphobic or something i don't even know if that's a word but like <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're you know cuckphobic or anything and and the situation that we were in in this specific scenario was a group setting So there was about seven or eight other couples in the space. Now, all of those other couples I had previously been with. So they knew when I, this was the only person who couple, they knew when I said, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to get cucked. They were like, oh yeah, Kylie's getting cucked again. We love that. Like they love watching the show. Like they think it's awesome and hot, right? They are deriving pleasure from now the whole, you know, not just the other guy, but like the whole room is deriving pleasure from my husband doing this to me. So, cause they, I, I, again, taboo aspect, right? Like it's, we never see it. We don't see it very often. So when we see something like this as a spectator or as a voyeur, it's pretty hot. Like it's different, you know? So that was, the, that's the thing too. You have to make sure that everybody in that space is okay. And I think that that's a great way to put it is like, explaining how not explaining what it is because that's going to be like possibly like off-putting but like how it makes you feel like I really like this because I feel empowered and sexy and it's taboo and it's different and you're totally welcome to to try this with me if not that's okay too you know and that goes a long way I feel like in any kink situation when it comes to swinging, because a lot of swingers aren't quite as versed in the kink community. Some are absolutely, but like some aren't like some just kind of do, you know, the, the swapping and that's it. They don't really find themselves within dungeon spaces. You know what I mean? I, I do find it funny though, when I read like Cosmo articles about kink and it's like, try swinging. I'm like, that's not necessarily a kink. It's, a, it's like a lifestyle, sexuality, like, you know, relationship style choice. I was like, I don't find any element of general swinging to be kinky. So yeah, you're like finding, you will find kink inside of swinging, but swinging is not always inside of kink. So I like the difference that you made there. And to go I'm I'm thinking about the situation you had and this is one where we all fuck up as we're learning our communication and our consent journeys but trying to have the conversations about these things before you're having sex and before you're super turned on 
Because like, I'm sorry, when your animal brain kicks in and you are super turned on, maybe like some alcohol has been involved, maybe some substances are involved and you look at your partner and it's like this like uncoded, like we're cucking and no one around you knows, it it, like leads for an element of surprise. So if you know someone's new to it or you want to try something new, it's try everything in your human power to talk about what might come up or what you might want to do before the hormonal floodgates open so that way everyone can make a really sober clear-headed consent decision on whether they want to participate on whether they want to see it or be around it because yeah it's like this couple not only were they did they like deeply misunderstand what was going on but you know they might have just not wanted to be around it and that's totally fine but we all we all mess it up. We're in the heat of the moment. These party settings, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. Your hands are everywhere. Your mouth is everywhere. It's so slippery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of, and like you said, that animal brain, that totally tracks too, because that's some people get into, especially when you're dealing with like role playing and stuff, like some people really do get into that animal brain. So it's really, really important. And we learned this and since have every single couple that we talk to, like that's part of our pre, you know, sexual conversations. Like, hey, this is what we do where I'm a cuck queen, you know, and I've been it really helped me like be more open because I feel like before I was kind of afraid to be open about it because so many people were like, girl, what? Like, (laughs) what do you do? I've heard of hot husbanding, but like, what does he say to you? I would never let my man do that, you know, stuff like that. And so I was afraid a little bit to like really open myself up, especially to like other. And I feel like it comes more so from other women, um, not ne- and just like with cuckolding, where do they get their stigma from? Other men. The word cuck is literally used in, I would say, like I've seen it in so many different like TV shows and stuff. When people say cuck, it means like a guy who just like submits to a woman, you know, financially or exactly, like, yeah. Which isn't which isn't true, but when guys will say to each other like, "Oh, they're such a cuck," you're such a cuck because you're like we get the comment online, and you know this because you were in the online space, the swinger space. But like, yeah. he's just a cuck for letting you have sex with other men. I'm like, okay, really? Because actually, I'm the cuck, and he's the one with the other women. But like, all right, all right, sir, you know. And you're like, you're like, okay, random user, whatever the fuck on TikTok. I'm having more fun getting cucked than you are not having sex in the past three years with your failed marriage. But thank you so much for your input. (laughs) Like so much. (laughs) People in online spaces in these, it's like, okay, we're playing with something that might trigger you, but we're having a great time. We're having a great time on this corner of the earth. I'm so sorry you are bored on TikTok and have found it upon you to think that calling me a cuck is a bad thing. You're like, I'm not just a cuck. Imagine going viral on Facebook. TikTok is one thing. You went viral on Facebook? On Facebook. So imagine 150 boomers commenting like Karen and and, um, Barbara and... um, you know, Ronald are all commenting. So yeah, that, that, that's been hilarious. Like Instagram and TikTok are like a little bit less, but Facebook is like a whole new animal. That's, that's been a new thing. So <laughs> oh, yeah, you got like the retired white people coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, you know, grandmas and grandpas that are because like younger, it's like the joke, you know, that like um, TikTok is for Gen Z, Instagram is for millennials and Facebook is for boomers. <laughs> and poor Gen X gets all of it. <laughs> it's like you're just getting a little bit, a little bit of everything. Everything. Um. <laughs> so I wanted to like talk about and we've kind of already talked a little bit about this, but how do you think? Cuck queening is perceived within like different cultural and social contexts. And like, 
what are the implications for the individuals who embrace this kink? I, I think the biggest, the biggest stigma and like what, what happens, it's more, I've almost seen like a pity aspect, like people get treated with, with a bit of pity or acting as if we are unconsensually in these types of relationships. It's like, oh my God, your partner does what to you and, and you just let it happen. And especially when, when a woman's being cucked, it's very much like this, like, oh, like poor little old you you're getting abused in there. You're fem- you have no feminism left in your body. And you're like, so I, I think the misconception is that we are somehow being victimized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you said, f- for men, it's this idea of they're being sissified um, on a social level, not like on a fun, kinky, consensual level. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that stands out for me is this underlying tome of of not just the shame and the humiliation that society wants to place on you for it, but the sense of like, what's wrong with you for letting that happen. And, and you're, you're a victim and your partner's like this bad person for doing this to you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. I I was going to say, I feel like for him, from his perspective and what we've communicated about, he has felt that he's like, people look at me weird and they think that like I'm doing this to you and I'm first of all I'm the I'm a dom I'm a top like so the only person that can do this to me is him this is the only time that I'm ever or unless I'm bratting (laughs) but like but I only brat with him sometimes with other trusted people but like I'm always the top but unless you know that with us And if you look at it from just like our perspectives, that's all you're going to see is that like, okay, like she's just this little submissive, you know, sad girl, you know, who just like, like you said, has lost all the feminism in her body. And it's like, no, (laughs) totally opposite. But um, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And do you think that it, it's, it differs culturally? Like, do you think, like, have you seen, maybe one culture doing it more than another culture? I would say on an unconsensual level, yes. So what I mean by that is, like, for example, I live in Mexico, or there's a lot of other cultures to where um, even if you're in a committed partnership, your husband being in an affair is kind of like a normal thing that you just deal with so does that make sense it's like the extramarital affairs of your husband being with another woman is seen as like this very normal degrading thing that you just need to put up with and so it's not you it's not in a kink context it's not in a bdsm healthy context it's more of this societal well your role as a wife is to let your partner do whatever the fuck they want and your partner in these cultures typically provides for you and holds down the fort like financially and stuff like that and so you're kind of like forcefully cucked if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like i would beg to say 99% of the women in these cultures don't wish to cuck or be cucked but right. they're like well they're like, well, you know, I'm here and I'm being taken care of and my and I have to take care of the kids or I'm popping out babies and I don't have a life for myself. So my husband's going to fuck around and I'm going to know about it and I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But th- that's what I mean. I'm like, it's not it's not consensual. It's not empowering. It's more of just this cultural taboo of, well, this is just what men do mm-hmm. and you deal with it. Yeah. Like it's a very it's a very Mexican thing to do with me being here in Mexico. Yeah. And I have friends who are, you know, cause I'm also a sex worker and a stripper and I, in the club, we, we have a lot of, um, Hispanic men and I have a, a really good friend who she's Hispanic and she explained this to me as well. She explained literally what you're saying to me, like, because we had this conversation because a lot of them are like married and they they're very like more handsy and, and a lot more in in the sense coming to clubs for like sex, like they're asking for sex and they're like very much like very much way more 
um, they can be not always, but they can be more asking like for prostitution and stuff like that. So I asked her why. And she literally word for word said that she was like, this is just kind of a normalized thing within their, you know, culture. Um, and I think that that's a really good way to put it is like non-consensual <laughs> cucking for sure. Yeah. I found out. And so now with, with my Shibari stuff, I, I will now live part of the year in Tokyo and then I've traveled through South Korea and I ended up finding out that in South Korea and Japan, um, extramarital sex outside of the partnership for just the man is seen as completely common. Like there's all these interviews. If you look it up on YouTube where someone will ask, um, usually women will ask and be like, Hey, if your partner goes and has sex with a sex worker, would you consider it cheating? Like, no, it's normal for a man to to do that within partnership. So it's like, there's like a very expected um, notion of, it's like a weirdly like, like taboo accepted way of non-monogamy. Cause at that point, if you know it's going to happen and you know that it's normal, you know, it's like, are you opting into non-monogamy? I'm not completely sure. But like I said, it sounds to me more like a like a very unconsensual cucking situation and someone's not getting pleasure from the cucking so maybe they should reassess yeah right i yeah that's a really good way to explain and i mean i feel like in general when it comes to non-monogamy like you said culturally it's accepted and it's different in different cultures and i think it's really important for us as swingers to kind of like learn from that and kind of figure, okay, like, how is it accepted in, you know, this culture and that culture? Because we know our American culture, how it's still very stigmatized as well. Even a country where, you know, it, it's it's very, I feel like in other countries, it's way more accepted. Um, and this just goes back to like, swinging and just non-monogamy in general, it's especially like Europe, I would love to swing in Europe. And, you know, that kind of like, adds to my next question like what are the social attitudes within these the kink community um and the stigmas associated with cut queening like how how do you think that these perceptions affect not the individuals who are being cucked but as well as like the individuals around them um and the the social the social circles within these communities if that makes sense yeah, I I think our communities, unfortunately, do have very gendered uh, stereotypes and we have very gendered double standards to where, like, for example, I'm sure I'm sure you faced your fair amount of interesting situations by being a top as a woman. Yeah, and, absolutely. And like, like, it's like, I'm sure people have said like weird things about your partnership or like, oh, well, if you're a top, then your partner must be like a sussy little sub or, you know, like these really these really painful things. It's like, did you not expect me to be able to top as a woman? I get the same thing for being a rigger and in Shibari, they see a girl and they're like, you can tie someone up like a scorpion. Like, shouldn't that be you? And I'm like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And so I find, and then with, with cucking as well, I think, I think cucking for cucking men has turned into a thing where it's like, you know, women getting their power back and, taking it out on men and <laughs> fucking putting men in their place type thing. And then when we want to enjoy it, it's like, no, don't do that. Right. So yeah, I find that even within our own communities, we're, we're still, unfortunately we have like trailed shame from our typical society and still brought it in mm -hmm. to our, all to all, to our alternative lifestyles. And so I think it's really a game of us continuing to break barriers just because we got into swinging just because we got into kink doesn't mean that we are like free of all these labels people are still carrying their shit right and that go i mean i i can definitely attest to that when i start bringing up these conversations about gendered identities and you know um the heteronormativities that we really see within the swinger lifestyle that we don't really see within the polyamorous communities and within like those other circles that very much parallel us, 
Um, in a lot of ways, we are very similar to those circles. They're having sex parties, you guys. Like they're having group group sessions and stuff, you know. Um, but those spaces tend to be a little bit more open minded when it comes to different gendered um, structures like this. So when I start having these conversations, especially on social media, especially even within my own communities, um, this is outside of the Swinger Society community because we have like a discord and we have our own cuck queen um, and cuck hold um, room. So like they're very open to all of that. But within the other communities, I feel like this it again it's very taboo because of the gendered aspect of it right like if it was if the tables were turned and my partner was the one who was being cucked by a bull and by myself then that would be a little bit more normalized but because i'm a female it's very taboo and that goes along too with the hot husbanding and hot you know um him being a hot husband and we we are in play situations where I just want to watch him. Like, I'm just in that space. I just want to watch him. I'm going to get pleasure from that. And the husbands are like, I literally had this happen to me. Um, the mm -hmm. A husband walked in to a room when we were doing, like, we had a, we were having a play session. And he was like, why don't you have anybody with you? And I was like, because I'm watching my husband. And he's like, that's weird. You need a man to fuck you really good. Let me fuck you. And I was like, mm, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Oh. Mm -mm. For the history of ever, when has that worked? Like that that line in itself, you're like, I don't need a man to fuck me, but I, I'll punch you straight in the face if you try to say that to me again. <laughs> because men, sometimes they just, I, you know how they say that they think with their brain, they really do think with their like, their dick brain. Because like, why would that? I was, that's going to piss me off way more than it's going to like, yeah, you know what? Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You completely changed my entire mind right yeah. now with that statement. Thank you so much. Now I want to fuck but, you. Yeah. But again, if that, if, if instead of you sitting there, it was your husband watching you with someone else, no one would say a damn thing. It's totally normalized. But when you see some, when you see it, in the opposite and you see that gender, I have the expectation that I'm supposed to be the one that gets fucked all the time. Cause I'm a woman, right? Cause I have a hole. So I just need to get fucked all the time. And that's something that's one of those gendered barriers that like, I just think, I think it, we're working on it. And I think that I think it can also be a little bit generational, right? Like, because the, the older generations maybe had a different outlook of, what women were you know women were not equal within the relationship you know and now like we're in a society where women are equal right like we're making the same amount of money if not more um we are you know we're sharing the household duties right we're both working or maybe the husband's not working and the wife is working so like those gendered roles are really changing in all subset you know all subsets of our lives. And I think that that's really, really important to recognize is like, it's all becoming very equal. And what, what that means is some of these gender roles within these kink spaces also could change and be more, um, less gendered. Yep. And it, I mean, you're a pioneer in this. A lot of people in the swinging community are pioneers in this because unfortunately swinging was definitely born out of like the most like heterosexual normative values yeah it was let's be extra heterosexual together and then let the wives play with each other but not the men but the wives are fine so yeah it's like ironically out of out of everything swinging does tend to be a, a very heterosexual based thing and now we get to just like interject all our queerness into it and gender bend hard as fuck <laughs> yeah. And I, and that's something that I love to see. And I see it. What's crazy is like, I see it happening and I knew it was going to happen really quick. Right. Because we're in this, we're in this world where things are changing really, really fast when it comes to like the LGBTQIA plus community and 
people are feeling and in non-monogamy, right? Like even, and you know, you're somebody who's done social media for a long time. So like you have probably seen it as well as I have the complete turnaround that we've had in the past three years since COVID when it comes to non-monogamy, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's open, open their minds to it. Um, for the most part, everyone's heard about it because, and before, like, none of us knew what swinging was. Like, no. no. None of us knew that this was an option. Nobody knew about polyamory, really. Like, so it's been such a turnaround that I knew that it was going to happen really, really quick. And I'm proud to see, I mean, of course, not everybody as is as open-minded, especially when it comes to the differences in gendered stuff and the queerness and the, um, you know, the women who mm-hmm. are bisexual and queer and they're like, hey, I'm not performative for you. Uh-oh, I think you froze. Uh-oh. sorry it cut out (laughs) oh you're good Um, i'm in the jungle (laughs) i'm definitely gonna have to um edit that which is fine i'm yeah i'm a pro at that (laughs) by the at this point um but what i was saying was like you know when you're a queer you know bisexual woman in these spaces like myself you're not having sex with other women for the performative aspect and it's really nice to see so many women who are like, I'm not here to perform for you guys. Like, I'm here to have sex with women because I enjoy having sex with women. Because for a really long time, it felt very performative for bisexual women and it, that we were doing it for the male gaze. And now it feels like we're coming into a lot more spaces of like, no, this is because like I'm queer and I really enjoy having sex with women and I really enjoy having sex with men as well. And I want to do this in a setting where I can do that together. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know if this happens to you now, but especially for me now, it's like as a strong bisexual woman, and especially since we really stepped into it, we know if you're being performative, we know if you're not actually gay, just, just so you guys know, like I, right. When I'm in group settings and it's like a like a, a woman's like trying to interact with you, like your gaydar is so strong. You're like, you're performing. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not actually into this. You're giving it a good shot. You watch some awesome porn because like your moves are on on par, but like you're like, you're doing this for your husband. Yeah. I I went on a date with a couple yesterday where it was like within the first 20 minutes. And mind you, I made an amazing friend, right? I was like, you're amazing. But immediately I was like, you're not doing this because you actually want to be with a woman. Yeah, that's and that's like I totally 100 percent. I that is that's been my experience a lot where I'm like, we know very, very early in what you're and And that's okay. I mean, I don't think that that's wrong. Like if they're consenting to it and they enjoy that and they enjoy like that could be a form of like play for them and pleasure for them where they're deriving that pleasure from their partner, you know, um, because they see them in pleasure and that's okay too. But just like, I feel like it's probably really important to just be like upfront about that. Maybe. I don't know. If you're kinky, there's very much like forced bisexuality, which is a very, like a very big kink. Again, it's more common to see with men being the one forced into consensual forced bisexuality which for anyone listening i know that sounds like a bundle of words but essentially that's being in a consensual kinky partnership where the female or the male forces the other partner to do bisexual acts even though they're completely straight so that's a kink in its own and that's it's totally fine but yeah, you're like, I would love just a little little cliff notes on what you guys are trying to do just beforehand. And like that, that's the thing. Maybe it's like that self-reflection for them where like maybe they don't know that that's why it's there. But like that, I 
I feel like that's totally okay. And that's something that like we should we should be like as bisexual women. I know at first it makes us feel uncomfy, right? Because you're like, why? Oh my God, like I could never do this performatively. But like it's a form of role play for them too, you know? So like we have to sit with those feelings and be like, all right, like I'm if not if I'm really not gonna kink shame, like I say I'm not gonna kink shame, then I really can't kink shame this, you know, even though it's different for me and I come by it differently. So and I think that that goes with cuck queening as well. And especially like from a woman to woman perspective, like just because I enjoy this doesn't necessarily mean anything other than it's a pleasure for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I'm getting pleasure from it. And um, it doesn't mean that my my husband like is making me do this. It doesn't mean that like um, I, you know, am this weirdo in these spaces. Right. Like it all it really means is like I just it's taboo. It's different and it's it's fun and it's sexy. And I like watching him play that role. It's like kind of fun for me, you know, like afterwards I'm like, oh my God, that was so fun. You know, like it's, it's really just fun. Um, It's like going on a roller coaster, right? Like it's fun. It's thrilling. It's exciting. Um, And that's one thing that I just really love about getting more involved with the kink space as well, you know, cause we, we go to a lot of like, like our swinger club is very kink friendly and they have kink parties um every couple of months so that's really fun too to like explore nice and it sounds like you two have really like nailed down the the ideal setup for your cut queening so you can only enjoy it from here on out absolutely yeah and it's it's only going to get better when it comes to communication for sure i mean like I feel like you have to, and this is like, this goes with swinging too. This isn't just like with cuck queening or, or cuck holding or anything like that. Like you have to go through like some moments where you fuck up and you're like, damn it. Like what the communication was off or something to really learn. And that's why swinging is not for the, uh, I guess it's not easy it's not for everybody because like you are going to go through moments of like, like with that couple, you know, like they went through a, a tough time and we felt like it was because of us, which obviously a little, we had a little bit to do with it. Um, like we could have been better about communication, but there was obviously like some other underlying things that they were dealing with as to them getting so upset about it, you know, because if the tables were turned for me and my partner, I would have been like, Oh, well, you know, communication was off. That was it, you know, but like those, that's why it's really, it it is really difficult. These are difficult things that we're dealing with, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's all a process. I'm, and especially you and I, we're operating inside of a subset of a subset. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Already already interesting being non-monogamous and then just plug in the kinky side of that. And then, yeah, plug in, I think, the extra hurdle of being a woman within these very certain kinks. And so <laughs> just have to just have to dig through all of it mm-hmm. all at once. And I mean, even my clients, I tell them, I'm like, you can research, you can do all the education you want, you can do all the practices you want, but nothing is going to really prep you for communication and all these things like, you know, trial and error you're going to have to fuck up a few times. You, you're you never going to nail things perfectly and also leave room to be surprised by the great things that come from you not trying to micromanage a situation. You just have to see what, what works. You don't know what you don't know. You're going to have to throw yourself in, start from somewhere and assess. <laughs> and speaking of, you, you uh, spoke about clients. How can, pod, how can my podcast listeners um, find you and learn a little bit more about your intimacy coaching and your kink coaching and how do you feel like your coaching could really help somebody who maybe listen to this podcast and they're open to exploring um, this specific kink of cuck queening, but they're not sure how to start or they're not sure about those feelings and those dynamics. Like how can you help them? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like my coaching as a sex and a kink coach, it's a bit of a two-step process where One, we definitely clean up all the shit that might get in the way of you making clear and ethical and respectful choices with each other. 
you know, it's like, is there shame? Is there judgment? Is there unsolved business? And then after that, we set up a clear pathway to help you start exploring these things. So they don't seem like these big concepts so far ahead. You feel like you have actual stepping stones to help you start exploring it. Plus the accountability of a coach, right? When you hire a coach, you're just kind of hiring a dom who helps you and tells you what to do because they know what's best for you and they have your best interest in mind. So in its essence, it's getting you from point A to point B and making you feel like you're not alone. Because yeah, I get it. And you can't just go talk to your mom about wanting to start cut queening. So <laughs> you talk to someone like me instead. You can find me on julietachiara.com or my Instagram, which is at julietachiara. Super simple. Just shoot me a DM and we can talk more about what it is you're interested in and where you think you're having hiccups and getting started. Yeah, definitely. And I'll post all of that in the show notes, you guys. Um, I did want to thank you for coming on here and exploring this kink with us because this is definitely, I think, um, becoming more normalized, like I said, but we still have a way to go. And I'm excited uh, to hear how my listeners feel about uh, cut queening. I put out something on my Instagram today about cut queening and I've gotten a lot Mm -hmm. of response from it. So I'm excited to hear what everyone thinks. And, you know, if this is something you would like to explore anytime, reach out to me and let me know, Um, you know, and yeah. So thanks for riding on the Pineapple Express with me. Thank you for having me on. It's been an honor and I'm hoping more cut queens are born from it. Yeah, me too. Let's go cut queens. We got this.